to Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's briefly coming out of the dark. I'm Alex. When you walk in the darkness and encounter someone who also walks in the darkness, man, you gotta sit and have a chat. I'm Justin. And we have a special guest on today's podcast. It is none other than Barbara Wallace herself, Nana Rose. Barbara, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk. You are absolutely one of our favorite characters on the show. We love talking about yes. you on the podcast so much. It's just always a pleasure whenever you pop up on screen and come in and say something absolutely ridiculous and completely change the plot of the show. <laughs> <laughs> to take it all the way back, I was looking at your bio online and it said you had done about 70 stage plays before you started getting into TV and film. So I know this is probably going a little back, but why why acting in the first place? What drew you to it? Well, I've always loved acting. And if I'd had my druthers, I would have gone to uh, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts but alas, I wasn't very talented and we were not wealthy. And so it was secretarial college for yours truly. So <laughs> I've always enjoyed community theatre. And I do think it's an amazing proving ground and learning ground. And to be honest, I, I do love theatre even more than I love television or film because of its immediacy. So I did community theatre throughout my working years when I had, quote, real jobs. But then <laughs> when I got too old for real jobs, I was able to get an agent and did a few small background things and commercials. And lo and behold, I started getting slightly bigger parts and uh, was fortunate enough to get what they just described as a recurring role as Nana Rose, but I had no idea it would go on this long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wild. So you came to acting sort of professionally or as your full-time job sort of later on in your life? In the last 10 years, yeah. Mm, wow. So why why make the leap to TV and film acting then? Was it just the money versus theater? I mean, Justin and I have both done theater, and we know you can't often make a living in that, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I can't afford to be too picky, so I took whatever I could get. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I, I always told my agent I'd do an ad for dog food in the nude if it paid. But sadly, <laughs> there seems to be a little call for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, your first listed on-screen role, at least at IMDb, is Coughing Woman on Psych. Was there... <laughs> How yes. did you prepare oh, for the gosh. role of coughing woman? <laughs> well, I ended up in this lovely sort of vintage theatre called the Orpheum, uh, way up in the gallery, and it was suspected I'd been poisoned, but I hadn't. And then this stunt guy fell off and fell down three floors onto this enormous inflatable mattress. But I did get to meet Dulé 
Hill, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Which was fun. That was my my entree, coughing woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Oh, uh, still got it. Wow. I've still got it. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that said, it looks like your first CW role was on The Flash. Uh, The impression that I've gotten from talking to various actors and actresses is kind of once you're in with the CW crowd, you're sort of in there in a certain way, like you're in the rotation. Was that your experience? Gosh, it was quite a while ago. All I remember about The Flash was it took much longer to do the (laughs) post-prod on all these green green screen things where they scanned even the soles of my feet because I morphed into someone else. But uh, all the productions are are so good to me. I really cannot state that enough, how considerate and thoughtful they are because I am getting up there. (laughs) Well, that said, as you mentioned earlier, you've been on Riverdale since I believe the fifth episode of the show. Looking back, what was that audition like? What did they tell you you were coming in for? What did you read? I did go and get coaching from a dialogue coach because Mm -hmm. it was a lovely audition piece. I mean, sometimes they just give you two or three lines and it's not a lot to work with, but they'd basically given me the whole of the first scene. So I did go and work with this lovely man, Doug something, and... It was interesting that they, when they did shoot it, it was almost exactly what I had done at the audition. So I guess I just happened to be lucky enough to give them what they wanted. And now the character of, of Nana Rose has, like everything on Riverdale, gotten pretty extreme over the years. <laughs> uh, what was it like to sort of watch that unfold uh, for your character? Well, I, I never know where it's going. I mean... I find it pretty hard to stay in touch with the plot, frankly. <laughs> yeah, you and everyone else. <laughs> Nobody expects the unexpected. And I, I'm just very curious to know if I'm going to be back for season seven, and if so, in what capacity, since we're doing this giant leap back in time. So I don't know if I'm just ageless and still there and still look exactly the same, or if I'm going to be playing my own grandmother or what. So I would <laughs> love to know what's happening going forward. <laughs> well, so that said, and we've touched on this a little bit, but at what point did you realize that they were just throwing you increasingly more and more ridiculous lines and plot things? And Nina Rose has become almost this source where everybody goes and says, hey, we have a mystery we're trying to figure out. And then she throws a total curveball their way. Do you feel like they're challenging you at all in a certain way? I don't know. It's hard to say because we have so many different writers and different Mm -hmm. directors. So things can and do change. It's all very fluid. But I do love it when the writers give me what I call one of my zingers. Oh, yeah. Like should have drowned them at birth like a basket of kittens and things like that. Sadly, I haven't had too many zingers recently because they're too busy trying to kill me off. (laughs) I mean, there was that scene, which was so shocking and I was so upset. Luckily, she came back in Phoenix Fire. But what was it like shooting that scene with uh, Chris O'Shea where he's almost stealing the breath out of you in this last season. Well, I I like Chris. I enjoyed working with him. I wish we'd had a few more scenes. And um, they wanted to use a stunt double when he was throttling 
her when she's all mummified up in all the bandages. And naturally, me being bloody-minded, I said, I want to do it myself. So they did have a stunt double equally bandaged up. And I'm so I'm not quite sure which bits of me they used and which bits of the stunt double they used. But it was fun. I, I love doing my own stunts. I particularly enjoyed doing my marine crawl across the floor to get to the phone yeah. a couple of years back. Oh, that was classic. And again, they, they had a stunt double. I said, no, I want to do it. I want to do it. <laughs> Is wow. it the same thing with, uh, there's this, I mean, there's a couple of scenes, a couple of episodes where you get locked in that room with the straw. Yes, in the, in the chapel, in the dungeon on the straw, yes. Yeah. Uh, they put up a couple of fun pictures of you just rolling around there on the straw. Uh, what was it like to film that? It was fun. Um, as I said, they're very considerate. They put all this padding and everything under the straw, and they make very sure that I am comfortable and up for it, and uh, they treat me like cut glass, honestly. So I enjoy getting out of that freaking wheelchair, for starters, <laughs> which isn't very comfortable. <laughs> so I said, okay, so you burned me. So the chair went up in flames. Please, can I get an upgrade? to something with power steering and a drinks holder. But alas, no, they've dragged out another wickerwork horror, which is even less comfortable than the original. So I can't win. I love the reveal that um, you are much more, you want to be doing full-on stunts uh, on this show. Uh, Roberto, are you listening? Let's get Nana Rose out there. Fist fights, uh, jumping over snake pits, whatever we can do. We need to we need to get Nana in the Southside Serpents. That's what needs to happen. She needs to leave the Serpents. Well, next I, I would think I'd look very good in one of those leather jackets. <laughs> Actually, Roberto <laughs> did um, contact everyone in the cast and say, "Okay, uh, great last season. Looking forward to the next one. And if there's anything you've ever really wanted to do, now is the time to tell us." So I said, "I've been telling you this every time I've met you on the rare occasions we." have a rap party or something. I want to whip a Beretta out from under my trusty lap robe and plug someone right between the eyes. <laughs> I have a feeling that will definitely happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I mean, just, just since they keep throwing you all these wild things, do you find... Is there any sort of continuing arc for the character? Is there any sort of thing that you find in terms of how she is developing as a character? Or is it all so wild and so out there that it doesn't really matter? You just come in, say the ziggers, and well, that's I'd, pretty much it. I'd like, I'd like to think that she is what we in Canada would call an elder with wisdom. And that I think she probably, I mean... Cheryl always says she has dementia, and I think that's a figment of her imagination. I think Nana Rose is quite well with it when she chooses to be, and that she knows a lot more than she lets on, and she's probably got more powers than she lets on. So I, I would like to think that in some way she's manipulating what's going on, but that's probably a product of my tiny mind. Now we <laughs> theorize about that all the time, particularly the last season with all the supernatural stuff. It always felt like they would cut to you sometimes. It would feel like, oh, Nana's working some sort of angle here. There's something going on yeah. that we don't know about. So it's definitely coming through. What does Nana know? She's been around for a long, long time. As we know, she's in her 90s. I think she's a powerful woman 
who is allowed to sit back and watch going on around her. But uh, her day will come. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> ominous. Uh, I wanted to ask you about working with some of the other cast. You mentioned Madeline Petch, who I think you've worked with probably yes. the closest with over the course of the oh, past six seasons. Yes. Yeah. What's it been like working with her? She's great. She's very, very professional. I've gotten to know her a bit better in the last season because obviously we spend a fair amount of time in a grisly little tent back on the soundstage waiting to be called back. Very professional and as I said, I've gotten to know her a bit better and um, I like her a lot more than initially we didn't know each other and we're, you know, feeling each other out a bit. She's great to work with. Uh, another one that you work with a lot is Natalie Bolt, who plays Penelope. Oh. And obviously that's a very different relationship. Than Natalie, with Cheryl. Yes. Yeah. So what's that? What's that like? She's very talented as a director as well. As you mm-hmm. doubtless mm-hmm. know, she directed one episode. Funny, bright. She does other sort of video things as well. I do hope she'll be back in the next season because um, I just adore Natalie. Yeah. Uh, and one other one that I wanted to ask you about who's been a newer addition, but uh, Kira LaRoe as Britta Beach has been so heavily featured this season, uh, particularly yes. in uh, the manner. Uh, what's it been like working with her? Oh, she's a sweetheart. Again, very, very professional. I didn't actually have many scenes with her, or in the dungeon, of course, and things. But um, I think that young woman will go far. You mentioned the switch up with the wheelchair. There's been a couple of other like costume switch ups and things. Like I think she used to have a red stripe in her hair back in the earlier seasons. Oh, I've still got it. <laughs> oh, you still got it. Oh, you do. I've okay. Got one in my my little. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Anyway, I've got one in my bathroom because <laughs> oh. I wear them home and then I rip them out. And if I forget to take it back, then they've got lots more. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Nana Blossom look from the past six seasons, though? Well, in the first couple of seasons, I had to wear this ghastly clouded contact lens, which was really quite annoying. And now mm. they put it in post-prod, which is job security for some poor guy or gal somewhere (laughs) but I think in the first season I I loved my hair and they've kept a lot of continuity with the the wardrobe is always kind of burgundy and black and the dark red jewelry and everything so that really hasn't changed much but I did did like the earlier seasons look but you know it's nice to have some change as well (laughs) <laughs> uh, when you're shooting the show, I feel like in the actual episodes, we get to see so many withering looks from uh, Nana Rose. Um, when you're shooting that, how do you, are they like, all right, give us like four very spicy t- takes of side eye? How does that work? I have absolutely no idea. It's <laughs> just Chana, my inner bitch, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's working out on uh, screen. I'm noted for my tact and charm. Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one relationship that I think has been really pleasantly surprising for fans is between, and we've seen less of it this season, but between uh, Nana Rose and Tony. You would sort of expect on the surface, given everything we know about the history, that Nana would be disapproving of Tony and Cheryl's relationship. But, you know, there's these great scenes where, like, 
Nana tells Tony where to go rescue Cheryl and, you know, so it's go get yeah. her. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what's it been like developing that relationship in particular? And more importantly, does Nana Rose ship Shoni? I think originally I was with you that she would have disapproved being old school. But then she just wants Cheryl to be happy and realizes there is true affection there. But I've not had any scenes with Tony since the baby was born or anything like that. So it's that relationship isn't really evolving. Well, we have heard that it's probably going to come back in the next season. If it does come back, we'll be that to be on the side of Shoni. All right, Justin, well, calm down. Uh, I'm, put, I'm pushing my at. agenda here is what's going on. Shoni shipping. <laughs> so I didn't get your last question. Oh, just do you do you think if Shoni does come back in the final season, will Nana be on board? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, Alex's heart just grew five times when you said that. <laughs> Do you, uh, what about Nana Rose though? We haven't really seen any romantic interest for Nana Rose over the course of the seasons. There's been, uh, we've certainly speculated for the flashbacks, but maybe something happened with Nana Rose and Pop Tate back in the day. Uh, but do you think there's any possibility there of romance in her future? Oh, I do hope so. I would love to have the uh, dirty linen revealed because I'm sure the old girl had a past. <laughs> I think she was a goer, as we say, uh, in England. I think that would be kind of interesting. As I draw the line at incest, but, you know, apart from that, it might be amusing. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. That's great. A romance that you can pull a pistol out and, and shoot someone right at the end. Yes. <laughs> Since you spend so much time on the Thistle House slash Thornhill set, is there something that fans might not notice on screen just because we're going through these scenes so quickly that you enjoy in particular about the set? I wish you could see the detail they put, the, the set construction and design people have put. I'm, As you said, I'm usually in Thornhill or whatever it's called, <laughs> Thistle House, what was before. And we used to shoot that in a gorgeous old place called Foxglove Farms which was very challenging because the rooms were small and crammed with all this vintage stuff. And it was a nightmare to park the circus there and everything. So they recreated every single room, but just on a bigger scale. So it was easier for the techies to get around in. But the attention to detail in the Great Hall, which you never really see. I mean, there are something like 40 or 50 stags heads and skeletons and things all the way around up in the ceiling you never see it the detail is absolutely extraordinary and the lengths they go to and sadly because so much is edited out i think they they have to lose a lot of the background stuff which the viewers might enjoy but they they do try to cram an awful lot into each episode and so a lot of it ends up on the cutting room floor including some of my finest moments, I might add. Wait, so are you able to talk about those at all? What's what's a scene that ended up on the cutting room floor that you were particularly proud of but didn't make the final cut? Oh, gosh, I can't remember. They, they obviously leave the good stuff in, but if they've got to prune eight minutes out of the director's cut to make it fit, mm. uh, everyone has to contribute a little. <laughs> 
nothing nothing momentous. It's just I, I'm lucky to get one or even two days per episode, so I guard every line with my life. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to ask not about Riverdale, but coming up, you have a role in, uh, I think it's a movie called Let's Get Physical as a character Ooh. who is also named Nana. Uh, so what can you tell us about that? I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to tell you until it's released, but I will drop this one in, that in one day, Nana, who is, I think she's like like late 80s or so, participated in a pole dancing class. And I will leave it at that. No stunt double for that one? But perhaps I have said too much. And no, there was no stunt double. (laughs) (laughs) If you your cards right, I'll send you a picture. (laughs) Yes, please. Uh, Barbara, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Again, Nana is, uh, we love watching her on screen. Fingers crossed. She's Truly a, one of our faves. Yeah. She's in a poodle thank skirt so next much. season, tearing up the floor at the sock op or something like that. I guess we'll see. You know it. And if you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast, and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. Nana Rose, we got her! Ooh.